Why you wake up in the morning and your first thing is horses? Why? Why, why to push you every day to go close to your horse? How you push you to sit on your horse? It's something well don't exist in other way, just in a horse world, in a horse people. And if you think, oh, it's really good, the trot. The trot is not good, it's not comfortable. It's boom, 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 boom. <laughs> How this can be good? But I think it's, well, what they push you to go every day, it try to found the fusion between you and animal. It's the animal have to be your legs. Welcome to Come Along for the Ride, a podcast for horse lovers everywhere. A place where we love to bring consciousness to the horse world. I'm your host, Tracy Malone, and this podcast is brought to you from my home in the Sanford Valley in the northwest of Brisbane, Australia. This land I live on is Waka Waka and Turrbal country. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and to pay my respects to their ancestors, past, present and future. And I'd also like to extend that respect to each and every one of you listening. In this episode, we wrap up the wonderful Equitana Australia VIP Super Ticket Holder events with Pedro Torres and Emma Booth. I've introduced Pedro in the first episode of this series, so go back and have a listen to more about this Portuguese working equitation and dressage star back there in the first one. Emma Booth is an Australian and she is our international representative para-equestrian. Emma has represented us at Olympic level and she was at WEG this year. Emma is one person I've wanted to interview for a long time and I was lucky enough to do a full interview one-on-one with her at Equitana. It happened right before we recorded this VIP event. Emma's solo interview will be up next week, so tune in for that one. Emma rode in Pedro's masterclass at Equitana. It was so beautiful to watch. Pedro had a deep respect for Emma's ability to ride and he also was so grateful as Emma was for the opportunity. So Emma was thrilled to be coached by Pedro and Pedro was thrilled to be able to watch Emma ride so close up in a masterclass. You can hear the deep respect they have for one another in this interview. While at Equitana, I also came across a team from Dolly Stream. Following the tragic death of Northern Territory teenager Amy Dolly Everett on January 3rd, 2018, Tick and Kate Everett, Dolly's parents, decided to establish Dolly Stream to create a positive change and a lasting legacy to their daughter, Amy, who committed suicide after being bullied in person and on the internet. I wanted to support this charity and buy a shirt to wear at Equitana at these events. They'd sold out of my size and the size above, so a woman who worked for them, or volunteered for them, washed hers and brought it back for me the next day to wear to this VIP event. That's why you hear me ask the question about adversity in this interview and speak of Dolly's dream. If you'd like to know more about this charity and show them support, please follow the links in the show notes or on my blog. Another massive thanks goes to Equitana for a fantastic event, for allowing me to record these and for allowing me to share them with you guys. Without further ado, here is Pedro Torres and Emma Booth. Well, I just have to say thank you because it was a big pleasure, big honor. I come to Australia like a horse person and I leave Australia with a big family. It's lots of people come to me in the street. They are very friendly. Well, the people take care of me every second and uh, don't let me be late in every place. They are really, really nice. Well, everyone, they are so friendly and nice. It's impossible to be different. And, um, well, I choose this way of to do the masterclass 
because I think I want to show something. I think I can speak, but I think the people want to see me act. And uh, I think he was, uh, and when I see three hours, well, what I'm going to do in three hours? Yeah, do it what I do best. It's writing and try to explain the people to my feelings and what I feel in that moment. And I think it was a nice choice because, well, three hours running very fast and, uh, and it was really, really, really fun. But after that, all the little moments I can, well, to be close to the people, I feel a little bit um, the hot they exist inside and everyone be here share this love from the horses and it's really really nice the volunteers they are fantastic i cross everyone and smiling and well it's so nice to see and i really feel in home it's really really big thank for everyone Um, hi everyone, I'm Emma Booth and uh, I'm a Paralympian. I competed at the Rio Games and I've also just returned to Australia from competing at the World Equestrian Games in America. Um, I'm here at Equitana as an ambassador and I've absolutely loved the experience. I've, as Pedro said, enjoyed um, meeting everybody as I've been just even going around the showgrounds and everyone's been so friendly and um, it, it's just been a, a great time and I hope you guys have all enjoyed it as well. Um, a highlight for me was obviously riding in the masterclass for Pedro. It was, you know, I, I came out absolutely buzzing and I had this biggest smile on my face for just the next 24 hours. I still have the biggest smile on my face. So it was, it was incredible. Uh, and I, I did speak about it a little bit in the, in the podcast that I've just done with Tracy. And, um, if you do listen to that, I, I go into a fair bit of detail about, my Pedro experience. So it was, yeah, I've had a great time and um, look forward to chatting with you today. Yeah, I did. I did a whole interview with Emma Booth just then. So you can get her whole story from start to finish as well. You've got to get into podcasting, people. It's amazing. It's like having people right inside your head. It's fantastic. And don't worry, I'm going to hit Pedro up for a whole one as well once he gets home too. Okay, my first question. You've told us what it is that um, you love about Equitana. And I want to know, what is it that you want us to take home? Like, what is it that you see as the spirit of Equitana? What is it you hope we get out of everything that we see here? And what's one thing that you can give to us to take home today? Me, Pedro? Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, I guess for me, um, a big thing that the people were really pushing f for me to try and promote coming into Equitana was um, a hashtag on social media, why I ride. And, you know, for me, I answered that question just being that why I ride is the, the love for the horse that you have, the connection that you can get with these horses. Um, but also, I think Equitana is so much about experiencing that with other like-minded people. Um, this, is, this is an event where so many different disciplines come together at, at one time, and that's such a unique thing. Uh, often when we're out at shows competing, it, it's, it's a very you know, individual. You're with your dressage riders, you're with your show jumping riders. Uh, and, and to have it all together at the one event, is an absolutely amazing idea. I love it. Um, yeah, I guess that's what I really like to push, the hashtag why I ride. You know, why do we ride? Why are we here? It's, it's the love of the horses, the love that we have, and sharing that with other like-minded people I think is just a really, really great initiative. I, it's my first time here in, uh, in, uh, in Australia, in Equitana. I was in Equitana in Germany in 2001 and 2003. And um, 
really was a group in Europe, the people live completely different. They are much more individualist. They don't look so much to the others. It's, um, it's quite different philosophy of living. And um, when I come here, I was a little bit curious to see how is the people. I traveling, well, almost every weekend around the world to see people, to see new countries, new cultures. And I was very curious what I'm going to get here. And what I'm going to take home, it's this simplicity. Your guys, they are fantastic. They are really, it's not just one direction or other direction. They are like sponge. They, they, they see from riding. What is riding? Different ways of riding, different well, uh, disciplines, and you really want to learn with all. I see the people come to me, and it's people from rainy, people from jumping. It's different people. It's horse people. And what I'm going to take home, it's this your way of living. They also, in Australia, they are very relaxed. It's, well, you see the people waiting to the, well, to the paella, and, uh, and it's amazing. You know, they are relaxed. They speak. It's, it's really easy. You go to Europe, it's not like that. Every people running. Well, now look to the phones. They don't look to the others. It's, well, it's quite busy life and and here you live in a completely different way you are much more relaxed i think here well you can live longer because with this without the stress from the europe is much much more healthy what i'm going to take home is this way of living well i hope i can have this one day in europe but it's, i think it's going to be difficult well you're part of the family now pedro so we do expect you back yes well it, it, actually it's um I speak with my wife and it's going to be in the next plans next year. I, I, I have to come. You know, exist in, Port, in, 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 in Australia, exists a very old rider, the name Nuno Oliveira. Actually, he comes to, to Australia many times. He was one of the best riders in Portugal. He died in Australia. And he was a fantastic, fantastic rider. I understand now why he comes to Australia. And, um, well, and I think it's, of course, in the future I'm coming back. Right. Now, everyone here at Equitana are horse lovers, and we all have our own reasons, and we could go around everyone and say why it is that we love horses, what is it that we're passionate about horses, and what it is it about them that keeps us going. I would love to hear from you guys. What is it about the horse that you've chosen to put it as your career and get, it keeps you going every day to such a high level? Uh Again, this is something we briefly touched on in the podcast, and for me, uh, I'm quite—I'm I'm naturally a competitive person, and I like setting myself goals and pushing myself to achieve those goals. I think mainly because when you work so hard to achieve something, and you and you get there, and you reach that goal, the feeling that you get from that is you, you can't beat it. it it's really unbeatable and uh, I definitely get that from my riding uh, and from the horses you know again working with the horses um, the amount of time and effort you put in behind the scenes you know it's it's everyday training and you work with them for such a long time to get get certain things out of out of your riding that you want to uh, and and when you finally get there it's it's such a, an amazing feeling so you know for me competing on the world stage at Rio and then competing on the world stage at, at WEG it, there was no bigger feeling than that you know um, it, it was a very high pressure situation particularly going into WEG you know there was a lot of pressure on myself and my horse um, to do well and it, it was you know quite hard to kind of contain that that pressure that you have put placed on you but 
the feeling coming out of that arena when you've done a test and you know all the work that's been put in behind the scenes and, and achieving something and knowing that you've done it well, you come out, you have that buzz just for, for so long and that's a really, really hard thing to find for me anyway, anywhere else. Uh, and as I said, it was the same thing, you know, doing a masterclass with Pedro, that was on a horse for me that wasn't my Rio or Weg horse, that was a horse that I've only had for a short amount of time. And, you know, to have her working with me in the way that she did in front of such a huge crowd and then to hear the crowd, you know, applauding us and, and th that was just amazing. You know, you can't beat that feeling. So that was a, a real um, achievement and I think that's, for me, what I get out of it. It's, it's setting myself goals and the feeling that you get when you achieve them. That's what. <laughs> I, I, I do this question to myself many times. Why you wake up in the morning and your first thing is horses? Why? Why, why to push you every day to go close to your horse? How you push you to sit on your horse? It's something, well, don't exist in other way, just in a horse world, in a horse people. And if you think, oh, it's really good, the trot, the trot is not good, it's not comfortable, it's boom, 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 boom. <laughs> How this can be good? But I think it's, well, what they push you to go every day, it tried to found the fusion between you and animal. It's the animal have to be your legs. And you look this fusion, you look this synchrony, this combination every day. It's a big challenge because every day is different. It's nothing you can say, okay, now it's done and I'm going to repeat this every time I want. It's not like that. You try to reproduce, but it's not 100% sure you're going to do it with success. It's a combination of the factors. And I think this is the big challenge. The big challenge you write every day is to be, to feel this movement, to feel this symphony. It's a little bit like a drug. And, and well, it's really, I think it's this drug you are addicted and push you every day to go to the horses. And sometimes it's raining, it's wet, it's cold. And anyway, you go there because you need this drug. You need this feeling in your body. And, well, it's really strange, but, well, they give you a happiness. It's so nice when the horse gives you something. And sometimes you don't expect. You just ride the horse every day and suddenly he makes something you really enjoy. And you try to repeat and you sometimes it took months to have the same sensation again but it's this well it's this to keep you on every day and of course i started to be famous because the competition but um, the competition is a little bit a reflex how i feel the horses in home and uh, well I, I i remember one one time it was i think in 2006 well my horse makes a traveling and in the traveling he was um he twists one shoes and when he arrives in home, he was lame. And, well, after three months, the vet said, okay, you can go on. I was in the first of the ranking, national ranking, and I said, no, this year I'm not compete anymore. This horse have to rest. Well, I don't need this, and he needs me the next year. Actually, that horse wins all the competitions after that. Until I retire him, he never lose. It was really, really amazing. And, well, I think this is very important. You respect because the horses, the time you spend with the horses, you really keep your friends. And you have to respect your friends. You not can push too much. And, well, and this is something the horse gives you back. It's this friendship. The horses feel the energy. And it's really amazing when you go to the stable and the horse comes to the door and put the ears like this. And he says, oh, I know this guy. This guy gives me a good feeling. 
And well, I think this is what they push you every day to go to your horses, this communication, this friendship. Well, I think it's, this is what I'm looking for every day. It's this and with the different horses. And well, this is our passion. Beautiful. I have one more question and then I'm going to throw it to the audience for questions. And I want to ask a question about adversity. Um, I'm wearing a Dolly's Dream shirt today and that's about bullying. What advice can you give to people? You've been through, obviously, adversity, Emma, that's catapulted you somehow. You've taken it and gone to the top level in the world at what you want to do. And I know, Pedri, you would have had adversity too. What advice can you give to anyone in the world going through adversity now when they're feeling completely at the bottom and they don't know how to take the next step? You guys are at the top of your game in the world. What keeps you going? What gets you up? What inside of you? Not just the horse, but what inside of you? What advice can you give? Um, that, that's a tough question, but I think... Okay, so if, I, if I'm looking at a, in terms of a bullying question, I think, um, you know, for me, on, obviously when I ride, I lean back slightly um, in my position more than an able-bodied rider would. And often I am posting photos on my Instagram of me riding and, and whatnot. And it actually surprises me how often somebody who maybe doesn't follow my page, doesn't know who I am, but might have come across the photo for some reason, and comments, the first thing that comes to their head, why are you leaning so far back? Um, or they'll not even ask it as a question. I've had people actually write it saying, you looking very stupid leaning so far back with laughing emojis, like laughing at me. And, um, you know, you read those comments and initially you kind of go, ooh, like, you know, that's, that's a bit mean, like it, it hurts a little bit. Um, and then what shocks me even more is the fact that people are so confident to write something behind a computer screen, but that's not something that they would say to you in person. And that's a scary thing about social media. And, and I think, you know, in terms of um, Dolly's case is probably where a lot of it cut came along as well, that social media side of things, it's, it's a, a tricky thing to manage because um, it is quite scary how confident people can, can be in saying something hurtful behind a computer screen. Um, for me, looking past that, uh, initially, you know, I do take those comments slightly to heart and then I just have to go, okay, you know what, they don't know who I am, they, they might be younger, they might be inexperienced, it doesn't matter, and I ignore it, you know. Um, and it's actually really nice then because often I have people that do follow my page who comment back on there saying, oh, maybe have a look at her Instagram, she's actually a para rider and that's why she's leaning so far back. So to then kind of have that support from your followers as well, is that's, you know, that's a really nice thing. Um, and in terms of adversity, you know, I've had my fair share of adversity in, in life and uh, a big thing for me is looking to um, support networks around you. So for me, you know, after my accident, my biggest support network support network was my family and friends. My family were my absolute everything at the time and who I really looked to for that support. Um, and I think it's really important to find those people in your life who offer that support and who you know you can kind of lean on for support when you when you need them and vice versa, you know, they can lean on you in, in a time where they need you. Uh, so working on those relationships and, and looking to them when you need to, knowing that 
there's no harm in asking for someone's help when you do need it. Uh, that was a big thing that I learnt as well because I was always very quite independent and didn't like asking for help or assistance in any way. And, you know, my accident has taught me how to do that because often I need assistance and I might need someone's help. So, you know, I've, I've really learned how, how to do that and in a way that's, you know, there's no, no, shame, in, no shame in it. So um, I guess that's, yeah, a big thing to push as well. There's no harm in asking someone's assist, assistance when you need it, um, but really looking to those who you know, are your support network, relying on those people around you and offering the same support back. I think that's a really important thing too. Taking care of each other. Well, like a um, public person, you have people like it, people don't like it. Uh, I remember once it's one of my students in Sweden post a photo, and uh, it's the window from the tribune. It's a glass of wine and uh, a horse behind. And um, you don't see it very clear what the horse or the movement, but the horse it was a little bit round in the neck, too much for the most part of the people. And, well, when I notice, I have like 200 comments about the horse. And it's like that, well, the people don't understand the message. This was a, well, very relaxed afternoon lesson with a glass of wine, a lot of people enjoy, and the people started to complain with something. And it was really, well, I look at that, and she was so sad, the person, because she do it with so much happiness, well, to be there, to, to make the lessons. And then she was really, really sad to, well, it was not mean like this. And, well, this happened very often. It's very easy behind the phone, you make a comment. It's really, well, and it's not fair. For me, it's not fair. I support her a lot, and I said, forgot it, eliminate that, and keep your life going. It's really, when you have something like this, you have to go close someone to like you, and you get the support of that, and forgot the rest. It's really, you need, you need friendship, and that friendship exists. You just have to look at it in your family, in your best friend, and you have to hold that to be strong. And, uh, well, it's really... You don't care. It's your life. You just have one life. It's yours. You have to live like you want. Yeah, well, and the people have to respect that. If they don't respect, they don't care. You don't borrow about that because, well, otherwise you're going to be sad. And for what? For what? That people don't deserve that. I think it's really, really important to, to be happy. And if the people like you and respect you, okay. If it's not, well, you not can look so much about that because it's not, it's not fair for you and for everybody. And in these days, it's really, this happened a lot. The people make comments that, oh, I don't like this, and they make comments, stupid comments, and they don't think, oh, maybe the person behind this is going to be sad. And I think lots of people, they don't realize that. They do it just because they want to do that, and sometimes they want to be, well, the, the people, ah, it's just, yeah, I do something. Yes, but come on, think in the others. I think it's... Well, and also in yourself, because you're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And, well, everyone have mistakes and have a... Well, it's, I think it's really bad when you do these kind of, of things with situations. Um, well, I don't like this. I really... I like everyone. And, it's, well, and these kind of people, I really... Well... It's a shame we're all doing it. It's a big shame, yes. 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 Questions? There's a... Oh. I've seen you in here before. Welcome back. Oh, okay. Uh, Pedro, I have a uh, more training question. Um, you haven't discussed it this week, but regards to transitioning over to this riding one-handed, 
do you do you when you do it do you go intermittently between two hand and one hand and then in coaching it to students do you find there's techniques or things that you do for helping helping them get to being able to ride one-handed is it like that what i'm norm normally what i what i'm doing for change from both hands to one hand well exist many well, many techniques but it's like that. The easy way, and for, for me, Portugal, you have a, a very high culture about bullfighting, and bullfighting you drive with one hand. Well, exist a lot of fairs in Portugal, and it's very easy. You see kids with four or five years old with one hand. This born with us is, um, for us, it's quite easy. But I, I try to teach my students in some countries, it's not so used with one hand. And I think it's if you put both hands together, and you started to drive with both hands together, it's much, much more easy. And also, you, you start it very slow, just in walk, because you have to transfer a little bit the signals to the legs. The hands, they don't do so much. And uh, in raining, you use the reins, the reins from the top. But in, in Portugal, you, rain, you use the reins like down. It's a, a quite different. But this helps you to, to put pressure and take the pressure, depend how you want. And, but if you start it with both hands and then you pass for one hand and very slow walk, trot, and in the end gallop to make like eights and circles. Also, you can put some shares in the arena and go around the shares slowly. You start it to understand how is the balance. In the end, it's not, it's not difficult. You have to be stable and help you a lot to use the body to control the horse. It's a big, big help. When you started to ride with one hand, you really have to use other parts of your body to do the same. Pedro, uh, the way of the horse, you're a judge in it this year. Have you seen anything different to European methods or, or have you learned anything new? Your comments on that, you can tell us who you think is going to win as well if you like, but um, <laughs> just your thoughts on the way of the horse and how it's going? For me, well, I, I'm not very familiar with this. It was a, a big surprise. I go inside and I, I ask to Stacy and to, to Chris and he's, what I have to do here. And he said, well, you have to judge, and, but judge what? I don't know nothing about this. But, but this, it was very interesting from the first day to analyze the methods. They are quite similar. The second day, they change a little bit the, 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 the methods. And yesterday, you really clear, you see different methods. And they, they, they mold a little bit the exercise with the horses they have. It's like that. I'm, I'm not going to tell you it's going to be win this or that. Can have the easy horse. It's no doubt. She's a little bit prima donna, but he rides very, very well. The, um, Adam, I think he has the most difficult horse. He's, uh, you can see it in the eyes. You never expect what that horse can do. And sometimes suddenly he buck and, well, he started to run away. Yesterday he did it a fantastic job. He was very, very regular. And um, with, uh, with Bruce, I think that guy is, is a naughty boy. Is a, well, the eyes, you can see the eyes expression. He, he was quite difficult to pass the plastic. And yesterday, he did it the same. He was difficult in the beginning to pass the plastic. It took a little bit time to convince him. He did it a great job. These four guys, they are fantastic. Tui, is a, it's a guy with more body language. It's really nice to see how they use the horse. But also, if you meet Tui in the, uh, outside of the horses, it's the same. It's a guy, he makes like that. And Adam, it's like, yeah, it's like that. It's really, really nice to see how they use the body language to communicate it with the horses. For me, it's fantastic. These guys make, well, what they do it in two hours, I need more than two months. It's amazing. If these guys go to the Europe, they are very famous because they do it a fantastic job. It's really, really, really great. Now what's going to happen today and what I'm looking for, it's like that the gold is to see the best horse. 
And, well, of course, if the best horse, it was the most complicated and it was very equal to the simple, easy horse, I have to give the prime to the difficult one. Okay, but it's supposed to do more or less the same. The objective today is to pass all the obstacles. I'm going to put numbers in all the obstacles to try to be the most fair possible. But, of course, I have to give the win. If the difficult horse to do the same like the easy one, I have to, I have to do the prime to that. It's going to be... I'm very curious what's going to happen. Okay, we've got time for one more question. I've just got to go down here. I was just wondering, um, for both of you, um, if there was one decision or moment or anything that sort of shaped your path with horses or your life that you could really think that was a real to you know, decision or turning point in your life. Turning point in your life with horses. I've had a, a, a number of, I suppose, turning points in my life that have really shaped and, and led it in different ways. Uh, for me, the first thing would be um, how I got into riding, and that was um, winning my pony uh, through the saddle club competition. So my family weren't horsey at all. So getting into riding in any way was difficult. And um, by entering that competition, that changed my life, you know, because in winning that competition, that led it my, it started my riding career, you know, and without that, you know, who knows whether I would have even, I'm sure I would have in some way or other, but you know what I mean? Like, you, you don't know. Um, the other thing, obviously, is um, my accident in 2013. Um, that's not something I chose, but that's a, a life event that really changed the direction of where my life was going and, and what I'm doing now. Uh, and the next thing would probably be um, finding Zidane, getting Zidane. Um, you know, I had goals of getting to Rio and, and, you know, that's what I wanted to do and that's what I wanted to achieve. But without the right horse, you can't do that. So um, for me, it was a really meant-to-be thing. I actually think all of those things were very meant-to-be things that happened for a reason in my life. Um, and finding Zidane is what really... He's what really, I guess, changed my life into something, I guess, a negative that had happened to, you know, turning it into something really positive that I could do with my life. So um, for that, I'm always really grateful. And um, I think there's definitely choices that I've made along the way as well that have, that have shaped the, those um, life decisions. Um, you know, I made the choice to enter that competition. I... Um, I suppose after my accident, I made the choice to set myself goals and push myself to, to achieve things and not just kind of, um, you know, you could look at it any other way and think I'm, uh, I'm not riding again and think of all the things that I can't do anymore, whereas I decided to look at all the things that I still could do after my accident and, and you know, that, that was a decision that um, I guess has really led me to, to where I am now and what I'm doing now, so um, yeah. Well, I think, I think in, in, in the life, you have some angels to guide you. And sometimes you have to let him 
found a way, and this is what's happened with me. I, I have a fantastic horse in working agitation, but also when I was in the Portuguese school, I have a fantastic horse to, to do caprioles, and I do one thing unique in the world until now is to make caprioles in the middle of the pools. And, uh, well, who pushed this? I don't know. It's a little bit the angels around push the horses in direction of me. Then I have a horse in the, in the dressage world and I participate with the Portuguese team in Italy in European dressage. I do jumping because I found some horses they are really good in jumping and I really found the horse. I don't use the horses well, it's like a, I don't use just the horses for one discipline I found what is the best in that horse and we did it better for to enjoy a little bit and I enjoy with that horse and then I push in that direction I don't have so much you know, lines to, no, I'm going this direction or that direction. I'm a little bit, well, i born to be happy and I want to be happy. And for that is the horses help me to be happy. And uh, you really, I don't choose that horses. It's that horses choose to me. And I think they cross my life in one moment and I just go and, and follow. And I know for myself, watching you both ride makes me happy. Um, we've got to get these guys off to the next event now. So thank you so much, everyone, for coming. And please thank Emma Booth and Pedro. Uh, thank Torres. you. Thank you very much. If you'd like to get in touch with Pedro, Emma, Equitan Australia or Dolly Stream, then you can either follow the links in the show notes or you can go to the blog on my website where you can also see photos of the day. Go to comealongfortheride.com.au. I'm on a mission to create a community of gentle and ethical horse people so that their horses all over the world can live a better life. This is a big mission with a wonderful message and it needs your help. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to join me on my mission of making the world a better place for horses, please engage with me somehow. You can leave a review on iTunes or Facebook, share or comment on social media posts, or tell your friends about the podcast. You'll find all the links to our social media on our website, comealongfortheride.com.au. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you'll find me on LinkedIn. If your friends don't know how to podcast, send them to my website and tell them to hit play. It's the most user-friendly way to listen for anyone you know who'd love to listen but isn't quite sure how. I'd also love it, really love it, if you get in touch and say hi. Let me know who you'd like to hear interviewed on the podcast. I have some wonderful people lined up to speak to, but this is your show as much as mine, so please, if there's anyone you'd like to hear from, get in touch via the website or social media. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover, if there's something you'd like me to research more and really speak about at length or even just in a short way, let me know. I'd love, love, love to serve you guys more. Anyway, thanks again for listening and I'll catch you next time on Come Along for the Ride.